The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Help! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 259 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is immigrants and refugees trying to fit in. Immigrants to North America seek a welcoming place. Refugees to North America seek a safe place. For fitting into their new welcoming and safe place, immigrants and refugees need acceptance. And acceptance includes access to opportunities, services, employment, housing, education, and all without barriers such as discrimination, stigmatization, and prejudice. But in North America, discrimination and stigmatization and prejudice against some people and favoritism towards other people have a history going back to colonial times and the slave era. While much, much real progress has been made in North America in combating discrimination, stigmatization and prejudice, these do continue to exist as barriers to fitting in which is why the stories of immigrants and refugees describing their experiences of their efforts to fit in are so important, and which is also why our topic, Immigrants and Refugees Trying to Fit In, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Ruben Friedman. Now, Ruben was born in a displaced persons camp in Linz, Austria, and he grew up in Toronto, Canada. He's an author with expertise in translation into English of German, Russian, and French. He's written on language testing, lobbying on justice issues, and the quality of Jewish education. He's written for magazines and newspapers such as the National Post, the Ottawa Citizen, the Montreal Gazette, and the Jewish Community Press. And he's written books. In the public service of Canada, he was executive director of the Japanese-Canadian Redress Secretariat, In Jewish community organizations, he's taught Jewish history to teens and adults. As chair of the Holocaust Education Committee of Ottawa, he's participated in talks to schools, is a member of the Jewish Christian Dialogue of Ottawa, served as occasional host of the community television show Shalom Ottawa, and as a writer and performer in annual Yiddish productions. Most recently, he was appointed to the board of the Canadian Race Relations Foundation and served as its principal operating officer. So welcome to the show, Ruben. Nice to be here. Great. First question for you. Please tell us more about your life as the child of an immigrant or was it a refugee family? Ruben? 
Yes, it's uh, not 100% clear to me. I know we were sponsored, <clears throat> and I know we were refugees in Europe. So I'm not uh, sure what labels they used when we came to the country. In any case, um, when you look at the experience of any child in any family, um, they have challenges right from the beginning to figure out who they are, uh, who their parents are, and uh, what's important in their environment. And when you're the child of an immigrant or refugee family, the challenge is even greater um, because your parents aren't familiar they, with the surroundings and um, have a difficult time acting as a, a reliable guide for you to explain who is who and what's what. You sort of uh, end up having to figure out a lot of that yourself. Um, uh, just to give a quick example, when I was three and a half years old, my mother uh, sent me out of the house, and she basically told me, go around the block until you find somebody to play with. Uh, don't cross any major streets. And when you're finished playing, come home. Uh, and that was that's how I discovered other children and how I learned about my environment and how I learned English, because up until then I didn't speak a word of it. Right. Now, please tell us more about your experience of fitting in and describe to us what fitting in actually meant to you as a child. Well, you, <clears throat> I think everyone is different as an individual and you become um, aware at uh, different rates of what's going on about you. So the first thing you have to learn, or one of the things you have to learn, is um, what, what are the things that you are fitting into. So for me, it was fitting into my family, understanding where, what my position was uh, as the second child um, in an immigrant family, speaking a language that other people didn't speak. Uh, it was understanding the absolute necessity of being able to learn English to communicate with everybody else in my environment because nobody else in my environment spoke my home language. Um, it was also about um, having to make decisions along the way about what, who you wanted to fit in with. So in our environment in downtown Toronto, we had the choice of fitting in with gangs of kids who uh, stole things from stores and uh, got into all kinds of mischief. We had, yeah, we had the choice of fitting in into a school academically to do our best and to do well. Uh, and sometimes fitting into those two different environments was uh, contradictory. It, it caused a conflict. Because often, the kids that you hung out with didn't really like the fact that you got good marks in school. Uh, they, they thought it was a stupid thing to do. So you had to make some choices pretty early on, or you were faced with this, which you didn't realize before. You have to make choices about um, uh, how to deal with other people, uh, regardless of their language or their background. And a lot of this you get from your parents, 
Um, you may get some of it from your friends and others in your environment, but I know that from my parents I got uh, a lot of lessons uh, about um, people of different backgrounds are not evil by nature, uh, but that you have to judge each individual on the basis of their behavior. I'm not sure that everybody gets the same kind of experience. So uh, fitting in for me meant having to uh, to swim in this world, um, to learn how to love and respect my parents even though they seemingly were poor and didn't uh, speak a form of English that any that other people wouldn't laugh at. Right. Now, I'm going to switch to now your work, your, your work as it evolved, and your work as an author. So please tell us about your work as an author. Ruben? Well, um, uh, I, have, uh, uh, I have written uh, short stories and uh, uh, columns, uh, humor columns, which contain many stories and incidents. Um, and I've written many short stories on the side, 350 poems. Um, uh, and this book that I've just uh, have published called uh, Our Family Holocaust Chronicle, um, Part 1, Running for Their Lives, and Part 2, Fitting into Toronto, um, is the first full-length book that I've written. Um, it's it's been quite a challenge. Uh, you know, I've never had to write something that required me to, to, to pay attention for longer than uh, you know an afternoon. Uh, now now I have I had to spend uh, a, a good long time on each of those volumes. Now, how to what extent are you drawing on your own personal experience, particularly in regard to the second book where you're writing about fitting in? How much influence was your life as a child in Toronto uh, on those books? Well, um, those, my experience influenced uh, my book because I am, the book is about uh, my experience of fitting in in Toronto, not only my own, but my parents and my brother as well. Uh, so my own experience was a mixture of acceptance, um, tolerance from others, even interest in my background from others, a mixture of that um, with um, anti-Semitism, hatred of Jews, hatred of foreigners, uh, dislike of anybody who didn't speak English or who wasn't a Christian. So, you know, I got, I don't know if it's the best of both worlds, but I certainly got both worlds. Uh, I, got to, I got to experience both things. Um, so you, you got to learn uh, uh, what the risks were for you as an individual who was different in some way um, in an environment where uh, there were a lot of people from a homogeneous type of background. You, you got to learn that you had to be careful not to stick out too far. So uh, 
that's obviously had a big effect not only on my book, but on the life of both myself and my brother. Um, and uh, it is, uh, it, it, it's, it forms the backdrop to the kinds of um, challenges we faced along the way, the kinds of moments when we felt isolated and alone with no one to talk to, the, the moments when we felt that we were in between worlds. We hadn't completely left one world, and we hadn't completely fit into another one either. We were somewhere uh, dangling in the middle. Right. Now, we're going to talk much more about that in the coming segments. Um, but right now, it's time, as I always say, to pay the rent, where we have to take a short break. So we're going to do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Everly, and my guest is Ruben Friedman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week. Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Ruben Friedman. Our topic is immigrants and refugees trying to fit in. 
Ruben, now let's talk about the challenges, more about the challenges encountered in the course of fitting in. Now, my first question is, would you highlight for us, please, the most challenging of the challenges encountered by adults as individuals who are trying to fit in? Ruben? Well, um, I think the, the biggest challenge is, first off, is knowledge of the language. Uh, being able to express yourself uh, in, a, in a way that's nuanced enough for you to participate in uh, comfortable conversations with others uh, so that you can make jokes and understand jokes. So, uh, and in addition, uh, that, something that goes with the knowledge of the language is knowledge of the culture, knowledge of um, where other people are coming from, what their expectations are, what their habits are when they meet you, and what it means. You know, the first time I came to Canada when I was growing up, and I'm sure this is true for my parents, that one of the challenges was in understanding what it meant when people smiled at you and said hello in a very welcoming way. In Canada, um, we have a tendency to be very polite. And uh, that was one thing that that was a challenge, frankly. Well, if you come from an environment where people basically tell you what they think, uh, you, you don't know what it means for someone smiling at you and, and saying something nice. It may mean that they like you, but it may not. It may simply be politeness with, with them being unwilling to express what their real attitude is. So that's a tricky part of learning what it's how to fit into the society that you've come into. The other thing is to learn um, um, what prejudices you're not allowed to uh, enunciate. Um, this was not so much a challenge for my parents, but I know it is a challenge for many people who come in today, especially for refugees, where they come in with their own biases and prejudices. And um, it's not only that they encounter biases and prejudices from others, they bring their home country prejudices with them. Uh, and um, it, it, it's, it's a challenge to learn um, uh, how, to, how to handle those and what to do with them. And finally, it's always a challenge to learn how to make a living in Canada. And that, that challenge relates in a, in a very significant way to the first two challenges I talked about, namely the language and the culture. If you don't know how to go to an interview, if you don't know what's permissible or not permissible, if you don't know how, you're, how people are supposed to treat each other when one of them is asking the other one for a bank loan, uh, it can cause you a, a, a problem. If you want to get a bank loan from the bank, are you supposed to be obsequious, which some people are in, in other countries, and that's the uh, advisable way to be in those, in, in those, in those uh, environments? Or are you supposed to speak to someone almost on an equal footing? And how do you do that uh, without seeming to be impolite? So that's a challenge for a lot of people who come into Canada, they don't really know um, how to behave in those various uh, delicate situations. Right. Now, let's, that, that, we're, 
that was about adults as individuals. But let's now talk about the challenging, the most challenging of the challenges encountered by families as a whole that are trying to fit in. Well, I think you've got to remember that families have come from places where the rules of who's in charge, who has authority, and what the roles are of parents uh, compared to children is very different from what it is here. So for families, I think one of the major things to learn is... Uh, what are the limits of parental authority here in this country? Uh, and, and for children to learn how to respect their parents um, uh, while uh, being able to maintain their own autonomy. So this is a, a, major, a major challenge for, um, for, for families, keeping, keeping together in, in a way where uh, you can continue to you can continue to function as a family union unit. Sorry, uh, each part of the family being supportive of the other. Uh, it's um, uh, one doesn't know how to do it here in Canada when one first arrives. Uh, you you uh, your parents might, for instance. Um, uh, have a completely different attitude towards teachers uh, compared to the parents of children who are born here. So uh, parents of immigrants might be much more strict in, it, in telling their children to do everything exactly the way the teacher uh, explains it and that the teacher is always right compared to a parent here who might put more emphasis on the child's own individual rights on the child's autonomy. So learning how to operate in that environment for families together uh, when they're being given different signals from so many different directions is, is, is a major challenge. Now, let's now go back to children. That is in the sense of the challenges, the challenging challenges that they encounter when they're trying to fit in. And obviously there's an age range question here and where they actually are in school and the rest of it. But please highlight those challenges for us. Well, I think um, I covered some of this territory, but basically uh, what you just said is very germane. Namely, the challenges you face change as you grow older. You become aware of certain realities that you weren't aware of when you were smaller. Uh, if you're small and your parents don't have a lot of money, uh, you may not even notice it because if your needs are being met, um, you're not necessarily going around and comparing yourself to other children. Or, whereas as you get older, you have a t you become your your circle of acquaintances becomes wider. You you learn more about uh, differences of class, uh, where where rich people live, where poor people live. Uh, what does it mean f for you to live in the particular neighborhood you live in? If you give someone your address and you say where you're, you live, uh, you learn what the expression on their face means. Uh, and that happens as you're growing up. It's not instantaneous. Um, you, you, you gradually learn how others' attitudes are shaped by how they view your socioeconomic status. 
That includes your status, how they perceive the wealth of your parents, uh, how they perceive you um, academically. So there's all sorts of things that are going into the judgments that other people are making about you. Um, and that's one of the main one of the main challenges uh, for um, children as they're growing up. And in that in that process, the biggest challenge is to not not to disrespect your parents. To, under, to learn to understand your parents, where they're coming from, where your culture comes from, and even if it's different, to, to understand that these differences exist, and yes, pragmatically, you have to learn how to function in the society that you live in. You have to learn to make choices about who you're going to associate with and uh, how you will be perceived depending on what you, uh, who you choose to associate with and what you choose to do. You may have stolen, uh, you know, pens and uh, uh, pencils from Kresge's when you were little, but uh, <laughs> as you get older, it's not exactly uh, an advisable or an acceptable thing to do. You're going to get into trouble. Um, you might have broken some windows when you were a small kid, but uh, as you grow older, you understand there are consequences for this. So I think for for newcomers, there's this pull, push and pull all the time, and people without people who come in uh, like some refugees do without any parental guidance or with only one parent on the scene. Um, have a much harder time uh, getting away from the their original gang, if you if if I can use that term. They they've learned how to behave within a certain gang-like environment when they were little, but as they grow up, uh, it becomes harder for them to get away from it. They don't have enough models or choices. Just very quickly. At what point did you decide that you were going to go to university and become an author? Uh, when did I? When I was in about grade three, my teacher told my parents that I was university of material. And after right. that, after that moment, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. But after that moment, everyone treated me as if I was going to university. Uh, this is very different from my brother, who struggled in school for many reasons. Um, he came to Canada when he was older. He had a harder time learning languages when he came, um, and he had a learning disability, probably. Uh, and he was always the oldest and biggest kid in the class and always felt stupid. And the assumption for him was, well, he's never going to university. And this was a this is was an attitude that it started from the teachers who were teaching you, and then it spread into uh, how your parents viewed you, and how uh, everybody in your milieu started to look at you. They started to look at you in a certain way to make certain assumptions about you. You oh he's gonna he's gonna go on to university. He's gonna be a professor. So. I have to say that uh, choosing to go to university was like 
I didn't think about it much as a conscious choice um, after grade three. Right. As, as to when I was, uh, I always wanted to write, um, I, but I did, never thought I had the skill. I never thought I was going to be able to write. I, I, I felt extremely frustrated every time I tried to put pen to paper. And then something happened to me um, when I was about 40 years old. When I was about 40 years old, I started to have to write memorandum to memoranda to cabinet in the government and um, a short memos and I suddenly discovered that I, I, I had a way of shortening things and uh, clearly expressing very complex ideas uh, Robert, uh, yeah. sorry to be rude and stop you but uh, shortening things uh, we have to take the break now but we're coming back so a lot of those things. Well, just no problem. Right. So we'll take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guest is Ruben Friedman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Ruben Friedman. Our topic is Immigrants and Refugees Trying to Fit In. Robin, I want now to talk about the help needed to overcome the challenges encountered in the course of fitting in. So the first question is, 
what help is needed by adults to overcome the most challenging of the challenges that you mentioned in the previous segment, and where is this help to be found, Ruby? Well, most of this help is to be found in uh, immigrant-serving agencies and uh, in schools. Um, but uh, most of the people who use these services are not necessarily immigrants themselves. Immigrants are are quite often um, evaluated by their um, scores, how much education they've had, and so on. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, there's a bit of a hole in terms of assuming that immigrants who have economic skills uh, will be able to fit in uh, socially without any help whatsoever. And I think that uh, that is an area that uh, we need to look at. We need to look at whether people really do understand the values of the society that they are moving into and uh, uh, whether there can't be special courses that, uh, that are directed towards um, integration as opposed to what they call settlement, which is the kind of immediate help which you get in immigrant set, uh, settlement agencies, uh, finding a job, finding a house to live in, and so on. Th- those are, of course, very essential uh, because you need them as soon as possible when you arrive. But it's that long-term process, and I can speak from experience that integration doesn't happen on a timetable. It doesn't necessarily happen within the first three years or in the first five months. It can take a very long time. And I know for my own parents, it wasn't until they'd been here for almost 20-odd years that they started really to to feel comfortable and to feel happy uh, with who, where they were. So I think uh, more attention needs to be paid to that kind of long-term integration. And again, I think this is necessarily not only for the individuals themselves, but for our whole society, because we we want people who are going to work together to build a stronger Canadian society. Uh, as one. Is integration in the way that you've used it the same thing as fitting in? Um, it is, it is uh, uh, in my mind. Uh, if fitting in, uh, it means finding your place, uh, finding a place where you can be comfortable, finding a place where you understand what the rules of the game are, finding a place that allows you to function as full members of society. Yes, that's what I. That's where I. Where, that's what I would say. Uh, once you've reached that point, you you have fit in. Even if, even if, and this is true of every individual in our society, you don't necessarily fit in with everybody. Uh, not everybody is born in Rosedale, and not everybody is has an ambition to live there, Uh, you know. (laughs) Right, absolutely, right. Now, next question is about the families. What help is needed by families to overcome those challenges, you know, the challenging ones that you've mentioned? Where do they find that help? And I think that uh, that kind of help, we need more and stronger programs uh, on mental health. Um, I think that 
uh, it's not only in getting the direct help to individuals who need it, who are suffering from, especially among uh, refugees, but among some immigrants as well. Uh, they're suffering from uh, various forms of post-traumatic stress, anxiety, depression, loneliness, uh, the sense of anomie, of losing your identity and not knowing who you are anymore. Uh, these are the kinds of things that we need more particular help with, as opposed to simply, uh, as I say, finding a job and finding a house to live in. And uh, in why, why, why it has to be directed to families is because families have to understand that they um, that there's no need to feel this horrendous shame which they often feel within their communities uh, it's not even necessarily the surrounding society which is directing this shame at them but uh, the their ethnic uh, or religious community that they come from and um, it, it, a lot of help is need, need, uh, is needed to deal with that um, sense of shame that you actually need help. Um, and that's true for both adults and, and young people. And that, again, what you've just been describing is fitting in, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Now, the next question is, um, again, directed at the children. Yes. Um, let's pick on any of the challenges that you mentioned and say what help children need at their various stages and where they find the help. Ruby? Well, um, there are some programs run by individual immigrant serving agencies, by community organizations that are directed to children in need. I think there needs to be more than that. There needs to be an approach within schools uh, and community organizations encouraging pe uh, children of various backgrounds simply to come together and to get to know each other, how to function together in a, in a society that's, that could uh, be about pushing them apart uh, and, and, and categorizing them, uh, segmenting them. Uh, and we need, we need more programs that bring people together, especially young people and children. Uh, I, I, obviously schools are an essential, uh, place where this can happen, but it can also happen in boys and girls clubs, uh, community centers, uh, and so on. And, uh, every ethnic, a community organization should also understand the necessity for reaching far beyond the people who live within a particular community. They have to learn how to function together with people of various origins if we are going to continue to make a country that will hang together, that will stick together, and that will um, uh, will benefit uh, both the uh, individuals and the country uh, economically and socially and um, politically. Now, you mentioned mental health and you used words like stress, disorder. Yeah. Um, and what you described, <laughs> I would put to you, is the tension is one word, stress is another anxiety, fear. 
Now, those also lead to or are manifestations of need for mental health services of various kinds. Is that what you were actually talking about, Ruben? Yes, I was. And, you know, in the book, the two books that I've written, the first book is about what caused uh, the major part of the stress within our family. Where, what was the experience that that caused um, the kind of a mental health outlook that my parents had, and not only my parents, but my first cousin and my brother, and then how did that particular thing manifest itself later because it came back. And there are things which occur when you're younger, which lie dormant for very long times, but eventually they can come out at uh, in times of stress, when in times when you're facing other kinds of challenges. I'm asking you this question because we know from statistics that... You know, the age is mm, 16, maybe, to 23. Um, is the era in human development when 70% of mental illnesses and addictions begin. And that's it. school, early university, that kind of thing. And the message that I think I'm interpreting from you, and I want you to say very quickly whether you agree with me or not, is that those kind of problems need particular attention in the children of immigrant and refugee communities because of all the stresses that they're uh, exposed to, which are not necessarily common among people who were born in this country. Is that right? Uh, I would say that uh, uh, the primary uh, uh, candidates for you to look at would be refugees. Uh, A secondary group would be um, it would be people who are immigrants uh, who, um, you know, didn't really receive much more information uh, or help or interaction than um, uh, being told uh, what kind of jobs were available to them in this country. Uh, and, of course, they, you can't exclude the fact that Aboriginals moving from reserves into the large cities, people moving from uh, uh, completely rural settings into the urban environment or from uh, Newfoundland to Toronto, you can't exclude that those people aren't ex- uh, the migrants rather than the immigrants, aren't also experiencing forms of the very kind of phenomena which we've been discussing. Right. Now, there's a whole episode on all of that that you've just been talking about, Ruben. But once again, we have the tyranny of time where we have to take the break. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Ruben Friedman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Ruben Friedman. Our topic is Immigrants and Refugees Trying to Fit In. Ruben, I want to talk about the things that you would like to do and you would like to see done to help adults, families and children with the challenges of fitting in, the challenges you've been talking about. So Ruben, what more would you like to do through your work as an author? Ruben? Well, uh, what I am going to be doing in the next little while, I hope, is uh, giving talks about the content of the books uh, and discussing uh, the kinds of issues we've we've been talking about during the show. I want people to be educated on how ordinary people um, uh, get thrown into the chaos of struggle uh, and war uh, and uh, attempted genocide. Uh, and uh, how, what kind of effect that has on them um, uh, as uh, on some individuals. Uh, I want people to understand that not every individual is affected in exactly the same way, uh, that these effects, when they occur, can be long-lasting, that it can affect how people interact with their new environment, even when the supposed originally, original stimulus for all this disappears, and that um, their behavior and their attitudes and um, their, their difficulties get passed on to the next generation. Um, it's inevitable that their children and perhaps even their grandchildren will um, will be affected by um, how they uh, managed when they first came to this country. And you see, just to clarify this, you see 
the early stages of their coming to this country as a crucial time for the kind of help that you're going to be able to give them through your writings and through your other work. Is that right? right. I I believe that uh, uh, I think what's crucial is that all of us in our society should understand what they're facing and that we, all of us in our society, should be ready to do our part to address these issues. Right. Now, next question. What more would you like you, again, like to see done by others, social systems and community organizations, for example? Well, as I said, I think a lot more work has to be done on unders- in, in dealing with the issues of integration. And integration means um, un- um, uh, understanding uh, the society that you live in, understanding uh, that there are other people in it, that when you live in Toronto, there are other ethnic groups that come from all over the world, that there are people from across Canada who come from provinces that are vastly different from each other, that there are Aboriginal Canadians who have come to live in the city, and that each one of those individuals is um, it, it has a legitimate and valid way of living, and that uh, we as individuals have to figure out how to uh, work together with everyone. And uh, so what's really crucial is to have more programs that aim at bringing people together from many different backgrounds. And again, I would see that as the responsibility of community organizations, uh, immigrant-serving agencies, and um, that funding should be available from the government. When you're talking about community organizations, you're sometimes talking about the rather big ones, the big charities and the rest of it, but you also may be talking about local groups who get together over something which is local, doesn't involve a lot of people, but it represents a group of people who've identified something that they, can, they think they can contribute to or make a difference with. You know, Ruben, is that what uh, you mean? Yes, I, absolutely. I think that when you get to learn... Uh, who lives in your neighborhood? Who lives in your um, who lives in your uh, ward? Who lives in your city? When you get to learn who all, everyone is, what their issues are, uh, and you have the opportunity to work with them on something concrete, uh, improving your neighborhood, improving the ward, improving the city, you will have a chance to overcome. Everyone will have the chance to overcome their own prejudices about others. And finally, it helps from a psychological point of view to understand um, basically that um, uh, the humanity of other, of other people uh, uh, and, and, and to be able to identify and work with people who are encountering specific mental health issues. There was um, an instance in a very small community of a suicide, and the people of the community got together, and it was a small community, to try to do something that would reduce the risk, that would uh, enable people to recognize that there was a risk in people of that kind, and therefore to do something valuable. Is that the sort of spirit that you're recognizing, that sense of 
we've seen a problem, we're going to do something about it. Is yes. that right? <clears throat> yes, and that's where maybe the Canadian Mental Health Association or others can work with specific communities to train them to recognize what to be on the lookout for. Right. Now, last question, um, which is a little more political, but in, nevertheless is a key, key question. I want to know, I want you to tell us your message for families and their children who are just starting out on their journey of fitting in. Ruben? I guess my message is simply that there are many challenges, barriers, and obstacles which you will encounter when you first come to this country. Um, not everything will be easy. There will be people who want to uh, discriminate against you, people who hate you, people who have prejudices against you. Uh, it won't always be easy to find employment. It won't, um, life will not necessarily always be good. And what I want to tell them is, regardless of that, it's important to keep on, even uh, when uh, things seem at, the, at their worst. The important message is to keep on the struggle, to keep on working towards the future, uh, to understand the importance of working with others and helping others in order to build a country together that will... Um, be the best country that we can make it. Robert, is that a message of hope? Yes, it is. And it's a message of hope for the people who are making the efforts, who are fitting in, who are, uh, if I may put it this way, enduring the stresses and the change. But it's also a message for the bigger society, for those of us who are more or less comfortably... Um, ensconced in the society. Yeah, that because we're all of... part of one entity. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, there's a famous line from uh, a, a novel by Samuel Beckett, which I always remember when I think of my own experience, the experience of my brother and the experience of my parents in this country. And the, it's the, la the very end of the novel, and the last two lines are, I can't go on. I will go on. Yeah. Now, what I would say to you is thank you on behalf of everyone um, who is, has experienced any or all of the things you've been talking about. Um, I want to congratulate you on the work you've done and to encourage you to go on writing. I know uh, that's something that you came into um, by a uh, backdoor route, but your writing and what you're doing, your books, your lecturing, your talking, your meeting, your joining is profoundly important because you're an, an example of how this can work in a society in North America, and that's profoundly important. So thank you very much for all that you've done on this episode. Thank you. And I wish you, on behalf of all of us, every success in your Can work. I just mention one thing? Yes. If anybody wants any information on my books, they should uh, contact me at Ruben at home, one, one word, at gmail.com. Right. Say that again. Ruben at home at gmail.com.
Okay, please do that. And if, if it bounces or anything, send an email to me and I'll pass it on. Thank you very now, much. Want, okay, now I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode and from our listeners. I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be Success, Depths of Depression, Success. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.